0: Curious Conversations About Sex is brought to you by Curious Creatures, who run a variety of workshops on self-development and sexuality in Australia. My name is Rog. I've been getting a lot of questions lately around polyamory or non-monogamy, and agreements in particular, and since it's a topic we covered way back in 2017, today we'll be listening back to that episode. Uh, First, though, um, great news. We've finally created a version of our most popular workshop, Fun Little Sex Games, that you can watch online anytime you want, no matter where you are in the world, and in complete privacy. Uh, People have been asking for this for many years, and I guess one of the upsides of the pandemic is that we've finally gotten around to it. Um, The drawback is that you are going to need a partner, uh, this is a couple's version of the workshop, effectively, since uh, almost everything in this workshop is very practical and hands-on. Uh, they don't have to be a long-term partner or anything like that, however, just someone you're comfortable exploring touch with. Um, yeah, this material works well in long-term relationships, and it also makes a spectacular first date. hmm Obviously, you can't ask questions in a pre-recorded workshop. Uh, Maybe it's a little bit like a podcast in that regard. Um, But what we're overwhelmingly hearing from people is that they're loving the privacy and the fact that they can do the workshop at whatever pace suits them. I'll pop a link to that in the show notes, or you can search our website for the pre-recorded Fun Little Sex Games. Alrighty, so let's zip back to 2017. With me are two sex educators and relationship coaches, Dossie Easton and Anne Hunter. You can find links to the both of them in the show notes. And so to today's question, which is about polyamory, and it reads, do you believe in tight or loose agreements? uh, And do you believe in strict rules or relationship anarchy? Uh, so, perhaps, uh, perhaps, Anne, will go to you first on this one. What are your thoughts on that question, tight or loose agreements?
1: Mm, yeah, it's an interesting question. People often come um, ask this, I find, and I, I believe in whatever works for all of the people involved. I think I'd have to say that I've seen people generally move from tighter agreements early on In, um, an open relationship to looser agreements once they're more established and secure in their various relationships. Mm. But I really do believe in whatever works for all of the people involved. And that is as varied as the people involved. There are a couple of things I really do believe in. Uh, and that is extremely clear and specific communication about any agreement that people make. Um, and in never ever agreeing anything that you're not a wholehearted yes to.
0: So, can I ask, uh, you you say that have very specific communication about any agreements. What exactly do you mean? What does that look like in practice?
1: (laughs) Well, for example, you know, a lot of people sort of say, um, no sex with someone else without talking to me first, for example, without being very clear about what they mean by sex. People honestly think that everybody Thinks th- everybody agrees on the definition of sex. Oh, right, and I see that things like that can get people into a lot of hot water.
0: So, like, one person might think of kissing as sex, and the other might think of kinky stuff as sex, and the other might think of. Um,
1: uh, Some people think of, you know, flirting across a room yeah. as sexual. Okay, great. Initiating yeah. sexual contact and other people, it's got to be full – you know, if it's not penis in vagina, then it's not sex. Yeah, and
0: so, so accurately detailed definitions, the sort of stuff a lawyer would be happy to sign off on.
1: <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah, really, really clear. Okay, great. Um, another thing that I really um, believe in around it is um, th- thinking more about my own boundaries and needs rather than – um the, the 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 issue that i see people get into is if they set rules then um people often consider that somebody else has broken the rules and has done something bad and is you know um uh, a bad person as a result mm. and i see that a lot of Crossing the boundaries comes from miscommunication or misunderstanding or things like that. So, something else I really believe in is starting with curiosity when uh, a thing happens that breaks my sense of the boundaries and finding out what goes on. Wow. Great advice.
0: Really great advice. Yeah, there's so much slack in the grey area between, uh, between communication styles and we think that words mean one thing, but they wind up meaning another and are interpreted differently.
1: Yeah, that's what I find that there is no word in the human language that means the same thing to everybody by a long shot. <laughs> and it's amazing how, um, how do we different people can,
0: um, <laughs> sorry, sorry, was that? You. Uh, I was just, I was just musing out loud. How do we ever even get along? <laughs> yeah with lots of talking a grad, a before we move over to Dossie
1: I'm sure look, the, the, you could go on a, lo- a long time about this topic it's a very interesting topic but that'll do for starters okay thanks Anne
0: uh, Dossie what are your thoughts on the question of uh, tight agreements versus loose agreements Well, no I'm, agreements very, I,
2: I'm very in agreement with Anne that um, uh, I love pema children's title of her book which is start where you are hmm. um the agreements that you make depend a lot on where you are what your experience is what it is that you want to do what you have done in the past and so on i love that you invoke curiosity i've actually written written a section in the new book based on the notion that curiosity is the enemy of shame
0: oh so well said
2: so i i I look at this question it's kind of interesting we say strict or anarchy tight or loose actually that's a a cultural habit we have a, a dualism in thinking or binary thinking where we just go to the extremes and we say well it's either this or that actually it's a whole lot of things um we all need to start where we are look at what's important to us, look at what the emotional cost of the agreements that we are interested in and start making our agreements from there. The one piece of advice I like to give people who are starting to write agreements, and we have a whole chapter on that in the book, um, is look at your agreements. Many people start out in poly and they make agreements that say, don't do this, don't do that. That add up to basically don't have too much fun with those other people. (laughs) Um, Um, uh. But Sometimes there, sometimes people have to start out making what I think of as avoidant agreements, avoiding anything that might scare me, to feel safe enough to begin. And I want to honor that. So you make the agreements for starters that are safe enough for you to start to move in the direction you want to go in. And recognize that that's just where you're starting. Because if you don't make any agreements that are open enough that you're taking some risk, you can't change and grow. And learn to feel emotionally secure. Uh, One of the biggest issues in agreements in poly is that our society tells us that security is having the exclusive erotic attention and interest of our partner. And we all know, I mean, we're here because we know that actually erotic attention doesn't work like that. Desire doesn't work like that. Um, But to Uh. open that field up means we have to find a new way to feel safe. I think that what helps is to be aware of agreements that are saying, well, I don't, I don't want to see anything. I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to know anything about it. For instance, don't ask, don't tell. This is, this is unwise because you just keep being afraid that if you hear it, you'll be blown out of the water and actually taking the risk of saying, well, what can I hear? So I recommend people take little lists, like little risks, excuse me, like go online and look at ads together and talk to each other about what you think is attractive in this other person whose ad you're reading or whose picture you're looking at. And actually start exposing uh, yourselves to these desires outside in the lowest possible risk
0: way. I Mm. love what you're saying about low risks, um, or or I I think of it as uh, taking baby steps sometimes. Like what's the smallest, Mm. most gentlest way that you can start to progress down that path? I love what you're saying.
1: Yeah, yeah, Mm. exactly. Baby steps are good. (laughs) Yeah, yes. one of the things that I often encourage people to do is to see all of them, whoever's involved in um, a multiple relationship as uh, being um, a team members trying to resolve the complex question of how to meet all of the various needs involved and getting all of the different needs in on the table and working together um, mm-hmm. to find ways to meet them all. Mm. And that's a little similar um, to you know going online and looking at things together. And uh, oh, I like what you're saying about
0: relationships as a sort of collaborative project. And um, I, I yeah. know for me, um, my my thoughts on this are: um, uh, I, I think literally every combination of two people is a new relationship structure waiting to happen, uh, with unique parameters mm. and ideas and and values. Uh, it's just a process of talking and talking and talking to get there and work out what that actually is. Um, and then once you've got a feel for that, then perhaps, yes, it would be useful to fortify that unique structure with um, agreements. But I guess in, in general, I, I guess uh, my experience is that rules don't protect us from the bigger problems. Uh, so if there are some underlying um, things of concern, then, um, yeah, no amount of rules will ultimately protect against that. They need to be addressed on mm. their own terms. Right. Mm. Um, I, I think people – And I know I, I have. A f- yeah, go Dossie. <laughs> um,
2: when you're talking about agreements, I recommend that we – Take some time just talking about how we feel, what we fear in terms of emotional cost, where the anxiety lies, what might be hot, what we desire, what our fantasy is, but without coming to any conclusion. I just worked with a quad last night making a big big decision about buying a, buying a house together. And I said, I'm going to ask you all just to keep putting your own feelings, the good feelings, the fears, the desires, the wants the don't wants. We're making lists of everybody's feelings. This is the emotional cost to each of you. We're not going to try to fix any of this until we have talked about all of the feelings that are on the table. So I sent them Hmm. home with this big piece of paper with four names on it and lots of feelings written on it to put on their wall and think about for a while.
1: There's there's one thing that I, um, on a a slightly different note, if I can take it in a slightly different direction, Lodge, there's something else that I would like to note is that um, sometimes particularly, this is particularly, I think, um, a risk for people who have been in a monogamous relationship who then want to open it up. Um, that they will make agreements that sometimes impact on other people without involving the other people in the agreement. Mm, yeah. And that can be a real risk. So
0: very much like um, the primary of, relationship starts to make rules yes, that have impacts on yes. secondary and tertiary relationships.
1: Yeah, and it can then incorporate couple privilege Um, and saying we are the most important and it doesn't matter how this impacts on anyone else. So something I like to really encourage people to be aware of is uh, where their relationships might impact on anyone else and that everybody's got a right to be involved in decisions that impact on them. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah, love it. Hey there, listener. I'd like to make you a little proposal. I love making this podcast for free because it helps me spread the word about sex positivity. But I could use your help in spreading the word just by sharing this episode if that's not too absurd. For every 10 stories that you listen to, please recommend it to someone that might like it too. (laughs) <laughs> this is not a real contract, for you got no say. I would if I could frame it some other way. And if sharing's not for you, that's fine. There's nothing to do. Please listen without guilt to this podcast I built. Um, I've got a little example I was thinking of before when you were speaking, Anne, about... Um um, oh, the relationship between uh, protecting ourselves against insecurities and so forth. Um, I know an example of an agreement, um, I've had in the past, and this, this comes from your example of, uh, the one about, um, no dates or no sex with other people before checking in and asking first. Um, which again, I agree with you, Dossie. I think as a, as a first starting point, that, that can be a really safe, appropriate thing to have in place, uh, in order to ease into the process and, <clears throat> and ease out of monogamy. But for me, when I've looked at that – it's really just a substitute for me dealing with my fear. So my fear is that a a partner might be with someone else literally at any time of the day and I might not know about it. And I've just got to keep picking that apart and going, does it actually matter? Does it change anything? Do I trust my relationship with this person? Do I trust our sex? Do I think that I am of worth? Um, And it's so much better for me to look at those questions and answer them, even though they're a little bit tricky in the moment sometimes, but it's so much better than having a rule that says no dates or no sex without asking me first Um, because that sort of adds this whole other layer of pressure and if an opportunity comes up for that partner then and they have to say no to it because I've got a rule in place then that's just eventually going to mount into a sense of frustration and it doesn't actually address my fear because deep down I know that they're really attracted to other people or something like that
1: I completely agree (laughs) <laughs> that certainly is my
2: life i mean people if people connect with me there's sort of like um sometimes they want to have that kind of control you're bringing up the issue of veto power here too um there's um it's like what is there somebody you want me to dump i mean give me a break uh, i've been doing like this for 35 years um 45 <laughs> actually since 1969 consciously um and uh, there's a lot of them I would have to dump. That's just not right. Um, oh. <laughs> but we, again, I want to honor the fact that we have been taught to find these situations frightening. And what we need mm. to do, Roger, exactly right on, we need to start being curious about our own feelings. Where do these emotions come from? Why am I feeling like this? not, oh, I remember somebody came in, her best friend told her, her, her boyfriend was being a jerk. It was a problem. But um, uh But her best friend said, oh, he's just given you a license to go ballistic. And all I could think of was, um, do you actually have a gun? (laughs) (laughs) But just think about what that means. I mean, we were raised with, Mm. hey, Joe, where are you going with that gun in your hand? Like, Mm. it was a license to go insane. We were raised to believe that the feelings that will be aroused if our partner is interested or has sex with someone else are intolerable and beyond our ability to control. That's mm. what we need. And that that's acceptable. Yeah. So we have a lot mm. of learning to do. And that's why I mean start where you are very earnestly because we have a lot to unlearn when we go into these kinds of lifestyles. We are ultimately oh. all
0: on the same side. That is the truth. I, I love, the, One I love of the, the sense of compassion there and the gentleness dossier around what you're saying about the approach and about, you know, you're undoing 20, 30, 40 years of really intense monogamy conditioning. And or a, a few
1: thousand. Or yeah, a few thousand. Yeah.
0: So I love what you're saying about gentle steps. Yeah, Anne, sorry, you were about to say something.
1: I was just going to say, one of the analogies I often draw or I often look at is that if people can't be with their partner because their partner is with someone else – um, some people experience intense jealousy and anxiety and anger and frustration and despair and misery and a whole bunch of things. If people can't be with their partner because their partner's at work, they might still have a very strong desire or need for their partner, but they don't interpret it the same way. Um, they accept that their partner has to be somewhere else, and they that they they've got to just deal uh, with wherever they're at at the time. Yes, mm-hmm. and okay. I I often encourage people to look at well, what's the difference?
0: Mm, such a good point, so well made.
2: And you're absolutely right because you see, they already have skills. Yeah, exactly. In different contexts. Yeah. What makes it so different when
0: it's about sex? Yep. Yep, that's right. And I think even when you look at, say, um, emotional support, say an incident happens at work or whatever else and a person needs to debrief, um, almost all of us understand really easily that that person might need to debrief with a number of people. Um, one of those people might be us on some levels, and we totally understand that other people will be able to offer levels of support that we can't. And it all fits mm. together so beautifully. Uh, so yeah, mm. again, uh, yeah, why is it so different in mm. sex? Um, mm. Perhaps if we move towards closing comments on uh, on this question, I've just got the one, which is that um, just to acknowledge that I'm, although I'm speaking a little bit like a relationship anarchist in some ways. A, a sort of a non um, uh, a non non rule environment uh, just because I feel like it keeps me very healthy and it keeps me very honest. It means I have to keep fronting up and making sure I'm being a good person in that relationship. Um, I am saying that with the assumption of a couple of things in the background, like obviously safer sex rules uh, and I also think there's um a lot of stuff just comes down to common courtesy like respond to communications in a timely manner, and I guess I would think of not dropping a date with one partner because something more exciting came along. I I think of that as a common courtesy, but I guess that's actually an agreement. Um, So yeah, that's my uh, closing thoughts. Uh, Do either of you have any sort of final thoughts you want to add? Yep, I do.
2: I would point out out that these agreements are not legal contracts and we're not trying to make something that doesn't grow and change. The idea is you make the agreements that work for you, for everyone in this constellation actually today. And expect them to change, to grow, to flow like a river. They will change and grow with you. New people will come into your environment. Maybe some other people will move along and flow away. And it will all, we have a lot of focus in our society that safety is making things hold still. And in polyamory, we have to really get into acceptance that safety here is to be with the flow.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I often say that safety. Uh, there's a lot more safety in knowing that you have processes for dealing with anything that comes up, rather than in strict rules um, around what can or can't happen. Great, I uh, I love it. Uh, all right, friends. I have yeah. I have one other one other thing that I would like to say. Yeah, go for it. Which is that um, often rules are about what the other person does and. Um, I find that expressing needs, uh, if it is ever expressed in terms of I need you to do something or other, then it's that's not the need, that's a strategy for meeting the need. Getting down to the fundamental underlying needs is often the key to having um, successful agreements.
0: Mm. Oh, I love it, such juicy information, that, that's just been such rich territory. Um, thank you both. So, friends, uh, you've been listening to us chatting about the question, do you believe in tight or loose agreements? Uh, Do you believe in strict rules or relationship anarchy? Curious Conversations About Sex is brought to you by Curious Creatures. We run workshops on sexuality, self-development and relationships, and we do this online and around the world. You can find out all about us at CuriousCreatures.is the best way to stay in touch with us and find out about what we're doing is to sign up to our mailing list, uh, which you can do via our contact page. And while you're there, you might want to check out our famous consent cards. This episode was mixed by Aman Dembler. Please remember to share it with anyone you think might like it. Thanks.